and welcome to BAFTA Podcasts. I'm Shay Thompson and in this podcast I'm sitting down and chatting to BAFTA nominated game designer Mike Biffle about his work, John Wick Hex and his life in games. What is it that captivated you about games? Where Do you have like a specific memory that you associate with like that's that what was I would do. Yeah. That was it. Um, oh, that's a really good question to start with. <laughs> I do it's try. Terrifying. You're very good at your job. <laughs> I'm impressed. Um, hmm. Something that captivated. I mean, I think I think for me, games were always this thing because we didn't have really games consoles when mm. I was a kid. It was always something I played around my friends' houses. Yeah. And I would choose friends based on what game consoles they had, of course. You I know, like that. You've got to get. You know, you. It's okay. You've got a Mega Drive. We can be friends, but like, I'm going to be more of a friend with the SNES kid. You know. <laughs> Um, oh, controversial! It's, 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 we're, we're starting as we mean to go on. Wow. It's fine. But yeah, so uh, so that was so there were always these kind of mysterious, otherworldly things, and I think the big one for me was Shenmue was the mm. one that because Dreamcast was the first console I bought. So I was playing Shenmue and I was just blown away by like that the games were allowed to be about just stories, and, and yeah. obviously that's got a big epic kind of martial arts story, yeah. but. But more importantly, it's just kind of about a dude going about his life, yeah. meeting sailors in, in supermarkets. And I just thought that's that's the kind of, there's something to this. There's actually something, if I could like make these. I had yeah. no idea at the time how you make games, yeah. but like if I could be someone who makes those, that'd be really cool. So how do you go from like taking it as a hobby to then making it a job? So it was hard back then. Like you couldn't do anything to do mm. with games in school. Yeah. You couldn't, there wasn't really a, well, that awareness. Um, so I just started messing around. I, my dad stole me a computer. That's actually true. Um, <laughs> and I used that. He, he borrowed it. He borrowed. He borrowed it long term. Mm -hmm. um, and I <laughs> thank you. And we would. And I, I would like code little games and kind of play with them. Um, and that was fun. Uh, but no, in terms of like actually kind of being able to make real games, that was something I really only was able to do at university. You know, we, I, I found I was on one of the first um, game design degrees. Right. And obviously everyone just thought I was taking the easy option because <laughs> this was game design. Of course. Uh, but I took it really seriously and, and that was kind of what got me my first job. Mm. Uh, which was? As a junior game designer. So I was working, I was making levels for, so a Wii game called Tack and the Guardians of Gross. Okay. And Tack, Tack was this little kid who lived in the jungle and he would go on adventures, um, and kind of like a like a Mowgli kind of character. Yeah. And uh, my level was like that. There was this monster that was formed of all the world's trash, who was kind of an enormous beast running around this yeah. the jungle, and you had to fight him, and you killed him by stabbing him in the eye. Um, it's a lovely, warm kind it's of wholesome. family adventure. Yeah. It was great. Oh, that's great. Um, and so, like, as a games designer, like, mm. what what does that job actually entail? So it varies. So it, it changes as you go through, and it also mm -hmm. changes on the kind of game you're working on. Yeah. So there's lots of different areas, and then definitely, you know, if, when you're thinking about game design, think about the area of that that's that's interesting to you. So there are level designers. So those are people who kind of work out how the space should be uh, figured out. Mm -hmm. So they figure out like, oh, it'd be cool if you were running down a corridor, and then it was a very small area, and it was a big area. That's a really skilled kind of job. It's kind of architecture and engineering. It's really cool. Um, and also, like, where should pickups be? Where how right. how much how much of uh, this object are you going to need in this fight? So therefore, you have to grab that first. And right. like kind of where yeah, where yeah. things are, where enemies come at you, all mm. this kind of thing. Then there's designers who are more in the kind of technical side, which is kind of making events happen. So whenever you've played like a Call of Duty, yeah. 
and you're running down a corridor and a character appears, that's a, that's probably scripting. That's something yeah. where someone's actually kind of worked out how to make that work on a almost like coding to kind of make that happen. Yeah. And then you have various others who are focused on the design of combat, the design of mechanics, mm. the design of interaction, um, UX, your user experience, yeah. all of that stuff that feels really great in menus. Yeah. There's so many areas of design in games, and, and I think finding the two or three of those that are interesting and exploring them is a great thing for yeah. any, any kid to be doing. Absolutely, and like there are so many like facets to it from what it sounds like, and like so many people around you. Like mm -hmm. how many other roles kind of come into it? Like how many other people are like really crucial to that process? Like, I think the mistake a lot of people um, make is that they assume that game design is something you kind of do on your own, kind of huddled yeah. in like a cubicle. And actually, yeah, it's mostly talking. Like you know, I'm a I direct um, reasonably sized games now. Mm -hmm. And I don't really do any coding or design like paperwork. I'm yeah. mainly on the phone to people mm -hmm. or going and talking to people. It's mainly about that communication and interaction. Uh, so learning how to work in a group, working out how to collaborate with different people, people who are much, much better at you at specific things. Yeah. So like you know, working with an artist who's so much better at art than you are, that you can be useful to them and kind of give them yeah. ideas and they can kind of then create awesome stuff. And that kind of collaboration and, and being in my case, trying to be the stupidest person in any room, trying to surround myself with people who are really clever has yeah. been fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's such an underrated thing because I think so much of the time people are like concerned with puffing out their chest and being, you mm -hmm. know, that main person in the room. But no, I'm like, you have the opportunity to like be a sponge and just kind of learn and you know, absorb as much as you can. It's as so possible. much fun. Mm. So much fun to be in that position. Yeah, totally. Um, so Tom's was alone. Mm. Twenty-four hour game jam is like where is that's that where it started. Sort of, yeah, 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 that's where it started. Could you talk about we're like on 48, if I'm honest. Okay. Took, a while, took a while, but yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, can you talk a bit about the sort of inspiration and how it went from like an idea and a mm -hmm. concept into what it ended up becoming? So it was, it was, it was a weird one because it was basically me and my friend had watched um, a movie about characters who were tied together, mm -hmm. um, and we thought that was really interesting. And in the game, we thought that'd be kind of cool to have like two characters who are attached who kind of can like swing around each other and kind of do interesting things. Mm -hmm. So I started building like a prototype for that. So just kind of making the code to make that happen. I had two characters, you could switch between them and move them around. Mm -hmm. And making ropes is really hard. So I was lazy and I <laughs> thought, well, what other game could I make? <laughs> like what would be easier? And I made one of them so they could jump higher and yeah. one of them that was a different shape. And I realized, oh, there's actually, you can make levels around that. That's an mm -hmm. interesting idea. And I just put that online with like, 10 little levels of just these characters who were different sizes with different jumps. And and what was amazing to me was we called it Thomas Was Alone, mainly because um, I went for a dinner with a friend of mine and I wanted to just call it like Rectangle Friends or something. Yeah. And he said, well, the thing about the internet is they're gonna want this to be like pretentious and arty. Yeah. So you should give it a name that sounds really clever. Like you should call it like, John was sad or something like that. <laughs> I was like, well, um, like Thomas was alone. He's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> They'll think it's really profound. So I, I put that at the start. I put Thomas was alone at the start of it. And then what, but, and, and it was kind of just a joke really between me and my friend. And then as the comments started coming on the game, people were saying, oh, Thomas seems so sad in that bit. Or Tom, oh, Thomas is so helpful and kind. And there were all these people who were just talking. And I realized they thought the red rectangle was Thomas. That was never the plan. Yeah. But like it was just the first rectangle you saw in the game. So they were like, oh, it must be Thomas. The game's called Thomas was alone. <laughs> and that just 
that just overwhelmed me. That yeah. the idea that like people had immediately jumped to like understanding that this character yeah. and putting this this emotional context on everything. I just thought that's actually something I'd want to explore. Let's try and make a game about that. And that's where the whole game, as it finally ended up being, came from. Was let's try and actually people seem to care about these rectangles. And if I achieve that just by sarcastically using the word Thomas, like what could I achieve if I tried? Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and that was and that was kind of where it came from. Was just trying to live up to what the game that people thought that first game was. Yeah, absolutely. So how long did it take to kind of get that right? Like how long did you sort of play around with that? Uh, it was about, Thomas Was Alone was about three and a half mm. years. So I was doing around a day job. So I had a yeah. job in video games anyway that I was doing um, that was fun. But yeah, every evening I'd go home and my girlfriend was working in a different city. So I was kind of alone and bored. Mike was alone, there you go. Um, <laughs> and I would spend, sequel. there you go, sequel done. Um, so I'd spend like one or two hours kind of working on that each night. Yeah. And then it was a, just a really nice hobby project that basically about halfway through, I thought, actually, this might be good. I should like get a composer and get a voice actor and actually try and make this a real thing. Yeah. And, and thankfully, yeah, it kind of worked. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned about designing on some bigger projects, mm -hmm. John Wick Hex. Can yeah. you talk about that? So yeah, we're making a story from, um, yeah, so he's, a, he's a, an assassin, uh, mm. a not very nice man um, in a lot of ways who's then kind of, mm. um, who, who then finds meaning later in life. But we're making the game from when he was a very not nice man. Right. Um, so that it's kind of a prequel, which is fun. Um, and uh, yeah, it's coming together, but it's it's been weird, like working with Hollywood, collaborating with Film directors, say, actors, yeah. martial artists, the whole thing. It's been weird. Like, how has it, like, yeah, so how did you sort of get involved with all of this and, like, mm -hmm. what can we expect? So, I'm realizing as we talk that a lot of my stories are about sarcastic conversations I've had with friends that have gone too far. Um, <laughs> like, just, clearly, it's working. So, like, clearly, it's working. So, the way, the way John Wick happened was I, was I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and, you know, you're, you're talking with friends, um, and, and he was just like, what would you do uh, like a John Wick game? And I was like, well, you do like you wouldn't do like a, just a shoot 'em up game because that wouldn't feel that wouldn't have the class and grace and kind of poise of those movies. So you'd make a strategy game that was about like fight choreography and you kind of make something that was really delved into the thought process. What I didn't know was my friend had been made the producer of. Uh, he'd been basically given the job of go find a John Wick game for us to make, um, and I just accidentally pitched him my version of it. And he was like, great, make a prototype. So we went and made a prototype, me and me and my team, and experimented with it. And we took that to Hollywood, and they liked it, and somehow oh let us make it. God. And it's been a constant thing of, are we being allowed to do this? No one's, no one's <laughs> stopping us from making the John Wick video game. Oh, we're announcing it. Oh, we're allowed to do that? OK, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like, so, so exciting. I cannot wait. Um, me neither. It's going to be good, hopefully. Um, <laughs> No, it will. Um, so what kind of challenges have you sort of faced on the way? And I know you won't be able to say too much. The challenges, I think, I think the biggest one has been just kind of getting used to or learning how to work with Hollywood mm -hmm. and, and with the amazing people over there. Like um, just, you know, you, you live in kind of this video games bubble. Yeah. And then the great thing with this has been kind of going over and I'm over once a month, once every six weeks going over and working with the film studio and you know talking to people who are not video game people who don't necessarily know mm -hmm. games um, as well 
but them looking at our game and going, well, why is that like that? And it's like, I'm saying, well, because that's how games are. Yeah. But then realizing, oh, you're an idiot who's <laughs> explaining to the people who invented the greatest action movie of the last decade <laughs> how guns should work in a video game. Um, and then kind of tweaking and changing yeah. and fiddling with that. And, and so many so many of the good ideas in the game are genuinely down to that collaboration and kind mm -hmm. of those people. So it's that's probably the biggest challenge. And then just the, the fear of at all times of messing this of up. Of course, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm a fan. Like, I, I, I don't want to play a bad John Wick game. I definitely don't want to make a bad John Wick game. Of course. You know, that's, that's terrifying. I mean, you mentioned this as like a new sort of challenge and a new hurdle to take on. Like, what have you sort of learned like over the years, making all these different types of games, because and it obviously sounds like you're still learning. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's really cool to know. I think I keep saying it, collaboration. It's about yeah. the it's about the team. It's about working with people, and and sometimes you get to create a team you work with. Sometimes you join a team that already exists, and just finding out ways to kind of create awesome things with other people. I think that's genuinely. That's the thing I've learned to love. Definitely when I first was a game developer, I was very cocky, very arrogant. Just, I want to do exactly what I want to do in the same way a lot of people are when they first start. But yeah, as time's gone on, just finding those opportunities just to kind of work with people and, and watching people I work with grow. You know, like the, the guy who's um, kind of co-designing with me and doing all of the code for John Wick started with us just making chairs for a game called Volume we made years ago. Mm -hmm. He would just make models of chairs to put in the background. And, and over the course of several years, he's yeah. just kind of taken on more and more responsibility to a point where um, he's fantastic. He could he could direct his own game at this point. It's really nice to hear that you've all sort of learned like as a unit as well. It hasn't mm. just been like somebody like <laughs> shooting themselves forwards and then leaving everybody else behind. Like mm -hmm. I think that's it's been like a really nice collaboration. Well, you can't process. do that. I mean, mm. that's the thing. And, and it's it's a it's a really it's something I always try and say to students when I'm talking to them that the way marketing works and the way we talk about stuff. We always talk about the O2. We always yeah. talk about like, oh, Steven Spielberg yeah. or Quentin Tarantino. And the, what you're actually talking about is the work of hundreds of people mm. in all of those situations. And from a marketing perspective, it makes sense to kind of brand things in a way people can understand. Of course. But every single person you look up to as a, a, in, a, in the game development world, in the film world, whatever, you're actually looking up to a team. You're actually, it's not just Shigeru Miyamoto. It's, it's all the people around Shigeru Miyamoto. And I think that's... That's something that, that I think once you get that and you realize that if you want to be Shigeru Miyamoto, you need a team. You need to work with people. You need to collaborate and do stuff. Um, and that's cool. It's also cool to be part of Shigeru Miyamoto's team. You don't need mm. to be Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, even, you know, it's it's, just, and yeah. it's cool to be those kind of, to have a more realistic understanding of how things are actually made. Totally. Well, thank you so much for coming by and chatting and checking it up with me. <laughs> really appreciate it's it. It's been fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and remember you can listen to previous BAFTA sessions and podcasts at guru.bafta.org. Many thanks to my guest Mike Biffle and thanks to you for listening.